0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy
1: with Nissan on News Talk.
0: I want to remind people about a, a guest we had on the show yesterday, Linda Badler. She's a mum of five, and Linda was unfortunately diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer. And she was here to talk about the financial costs, the hidden financial costs a lot of the time of having cancer. And here she was, a little snippet of the conversation, talking about the financial strain it's putting on her and her family.
2: Like my eight-year-old daughter wants to go to gymnastics, that you that costs 180 euro. That you have to pay for the term, and I have to say no to her. So if you if you can imagine as a, as a mother, sorry, if you could, sorry, I don't mean to get upset, but if you can imagine as a mother how upsetting that is to have to live with the guilt that sometimes you feel like it's your fault that everything's changed at home.
0: Linda was with me yesterday, an impressive woman, but by by any standard, and you can listen back to everything she had to say. Uh, it's, up, uh, it's available as a podcast, it's on the News Talk app. But what she was really taking issue with, and what the Irish Cancer Society and others have taken issue with in the past, are the standing charges that she has to pay every time she's in and out of hospital. And she's in and out of hospital a lot, as you would imagine. Roisin Shortall is with me now, co-leader of the Social Democrats. Roisin, I know this is literally something that you have tabled legislation on in the past. That's right.
1: Social Democrats raised this during the year um, because, you know, it's a standout issue that needs to be addressed and like anybody listening to Linda yesterday or there this evening, you know you can't help but be moved by it um, and annoyed and angry about it like it is just unbelievable that a person in the circumstances that Linda is in and is in uh, should have the further worry about cost you know everybody's struggling at this time with the rising cost of living and the cost of energy and all of that and and Linda has a family of five, so you can imagine how hard things are anyway, um, in in a circumstance like that. Then to get a cancer diagnosis and your world is in turmoil, is turned upside down. But then to realise that there's all of this additional cost with cancer, um, like it, it's it's just so unfair, and you know it, it it's inhumane in my view, and that's why during the year we and the Social Democrats tabled um, a motion calling on the government to abolish the inpatient charge for cancer patients. This was a long-standing call by the Irish Cancer Society and they did a very detailed piece of research a few years ago in relation to the real cost of cancer because these are all hidden costs that Mm. nobody realises are there until they find themselves in that situation. The issue in relation to um, the inpatient charges is a particularly you know, outstanding one That has to be addressed and this is where if you don't have a medical card and if you don't have private health insurance and you go into hospital for cancer treatment each time you're in hospital there is an inpatient charge of 80 euro now there's a cap on that uh, up to 800 euro but most people who are receiving cancer treatment have to have at least 10 courses of treatment Mm. so they're you know at the maximum of 800 euro and Um, like an awful lot of people have no idea that this charge applies. They don't realise until they actually get um, an invoice in the post and that's the first thing. And just bear in mind that, that a person who is reeling from a diagnosis like that and, you know, may have had their first treatment and the next thing they get an invoice in the post. And not only that, but like very often people can't even think about money when they're in those circumstances. But after 47 days, if you haven't paid Those charges, you have debt collectors coming after you, knocking on your door, literally knocking on your door, ringing you up threatening that if you don't pay this within a certain number of days that Mm. you know you will lose your credit rating all of those kind of things. It's desperately unfair, it's wrong and we called on the, the government to change that, to abolish those charges. The government opposed that and they said that their advice was that you shouldn't, that you couldn't abolish charges for one group of patients. So what we're saying now is
0: that the inpatient charge should be abolished for all patients. What what's the rationale for I know you, you had your time in the department of health. What what's the rationale yeah. for this charge? You see
1: there isn't any rationale at all and this came up just a few months ago the government did move to abolish the charges for children just a few months ago. Uh, and during that debate I was asking the minister what is the rationale for that for for these charges like this is some, you know, you're, we're talking about a person who has to go into hospital. This isn't an optional thing. You've had a diagnosis, whether it's cancer or another condition, you have to go into hospital for treatment and then you're landed with the charge. Yeah, you're I think penalized. it's important
0: to, to, to kind of stress that point because, you know, there, there, there's controversy over A&E charges. And I don't do want to get into that. It's a separate debate. But one yeah. of the arguments in favour of them, and people can disagree with it, but one of the arguments made is there's too many people, particularly in the big cities, who turn up at emergency departments yep. who maybe should be going to a, a general practitioner first. And this is a way of dissuading them from doing that. Um, but, there's, but, but, there's but this isn't the case little, here. No, I you mean, if, you, no if, you, if you're being admitted yeah. for treatment... Yeah.
1: You're talking about people who have no choice. They have to go into hospital. And yet the state is penalising them for the fact that they're sick and have to go into hospital for treatment. So this makes no sense whatsoever. And we're calling in, in the budget next in, in, in two weeks' time For that for the budget to provide for the abolition of all charges, all inpatient Mm. charges for patients, the figure is actually very small relative to the health budget. It's just over thirty million. And thirty million would abolish all charges for everybody who has 30 to million? 30 million. So That's the ESB
0: made 350 million exactly. quid in the first six months of this year, the state-owned ESB. Now they have to invest a lot of that back into energy infrastructure, absolutely, and it's kind of naive to suggest you can take it all. But Mihal Martin was quite clear, we're going to take a dividend out of that. 30 million, less than 10% yeah. of the div, uh, of the ESB's profits in the first six months of this year would wipe this completely exactly, for every exactly. patient in Ireland.
1: I mean in the context of a 23 billion euro budget of yes. that the health service has the idea of 30 million you know being imposing that kind of burden on people who are low income you know, from low-income families, they don't have a medical card, they don't have private health insurance and they're hit with this charge. There's no justification it's, it's, for it, it at like
0: all. It's the kind of the health service version of the voluntary contribution in schools. Is it? I mean, it, it kind of crept in and, 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 and just hospitals use it for, for kind of day-to-day funding yeah. and well, uh, have become uh, reliant least, on it. Schools, and the state needs to step in yeah. and just offer that money.
1: But at least schools don't set debt collectors on you. No, do not it, yet. You know, but I mean, <laughs> people in very vulnerable circumstances, low income in the main, with an, an illness that requires treatment in hospital and they're being hit with this. And I, I just want to make another point, yeah. Kieran, if that's okay. Again, just getting back to Linda and cancer patients. About 45,000 people are are diagnosed with cancer every year. All right. So, again, I'd stress the enormous cost that this imposes on people, irrespective of their circumstances and a lot of people on on low incomes. There are a lot of hidden costs. For a start, a lot of people have to give up work so they lose their income. And then there are all those other costs. Say if you have to go to hospital for an outpatient appointment, you know, lots of people have to travel long distances. They're driving they're going into a car park, they're charged by the hour for car parking and they have to eat and feed themselves during the day while they're in there. So they're all hidden costs, childcare costs, additional childcare costs, additional heating costs at home, all of those kind of things. So, you know, the Irish Cancer Society has drawn up a list of things that they're demanding in in the upcoming budget. So, as I say, the abolition of all charges, 30.6 million euro. Additional funding to alleviate cancer diagnostic back backlog. Mm. Uh, backlogs. And there are backlogs there after the two years of COVID. And we absolutely have to clear those. That can be done with a figure of 15 million euro. Um, additionally, additional funding for the National Cancer Strategy, because again that has slipped back. It had been very good and very timely. Yeah. It slipped back. 30 million for that and then investment in the car parking charges for patients. All a right. total figure of 80 million euro. That's what the Irish Cancer Society are asking for. And by God, do they deserve it.
0: All right, listen, Roisin, thanks many for coming into the studio. Roisin Shortle is joint leader with the Social Democrats. And like I say, you can listen back to Linda's interview in full. It's available as a podcast now. But what struck me as well, uh, speaking to her was just, how quickly she received a effectively terminal diagnosis uh, after symptoms appeared, and a comment she made was that can sometimes be the case with bowel cancer. Uh, Ilona Duffy is with me as well; she's a Monaghan-based GP. Alona, uh, I mean, that that is—is is it kind of one of the risks with bowel cancer is that sometimes the symptoms don't become obvious until it's quite late?
2: Well, Kieran, I think one of the things is perhaps that the symptoms can be quite subtle, so people perhaps kind of don't realize how serious they are. And I suppose especially for somebody like Linda, who's a young woman and who wouldn't be expected necessarily to have developed bowel cancer at such an aggressive rate at her age, because in the main, it tends to affect older people more than younger people. But there are always exceptions and cancers can occur at any age. But perhaps because we have this perception that it's cancer of older people, we tend to ignore the symptoms if we have them or and I think that's the most important thing being aware of the symptoms.
0: And what are they then?
2: Well I suppose the first most obvious one is bleeding and bleeding from the back passage or bleeding with your stool. Many times people come to us quite late with that and when you ask them how long have you been having this oh on and off for months and they'll put it down to maybe piles and presume it's something that's non-sinister and ignore it for a while and perhaps that's embarrassment, perhaps it's the thoughts of having to go through uncomfortable tests and examination that they, they decide it's, you know, I'll wait and see, does it get better? So I think the rule of thumb is if you have any bleeding with, from your back passage or any bleeding with your stool when you're passing feces, it needs to be checked out. But we also know that that blood loss can be very small and you may not see it. So um, it can actually be one of the reasons that leads to anemia. So anemia is when your blood count is low and you may present with fatigue, with tiredness, with shortness of breath. And it's when your GP does bloods and examines you and realizes that actually your blood count is low and we start looking for it then it can again be one of the causes of this and bowel cancer can present like this. And especially perhaps in people over age 55, we'd always say if you've nuanced anemia, we'll tend to look for the cause. And if we can't find an obvious cause in examination, getting a scope on getting a colonoscopy or perhaps one up the downward one, a gastroscopy will be one of the reasons. But colonoscopy, as we're talking today about colorectal cancers or bowel cancer, would be one of the tests. Other symptoms, change in your bowel habit. I think most of us have a regular habit. We know when we go, we'll tend to go every day, maybe twice a day, maybe every second day. But if we notice that that's changed and our stool has changed in consistency, so perhaps it's runny or maybe just different in any way, again, maybe you're passing mucus with it, perhaps you're finding that you've nuanced onset constipation, you're not passing or when you pass, you don't feel like you've emptied your bowel and you need to go again and constantly again and again. They can be signs that perhaps there's a bit of a blockage there or a change. And again, another reason to see your doctor and talk to them about it. Uh, unexplained weight loss probably one of the final symptoms that um, you may not be having blood loss you may not be having a change of bowel but you may be having abdominal pressure abdominal distension so it's swelled out a bit or unexplained weight loss mm. as well um, can be presenting symptoms.
0: And, and you, you, you don't need to have all of them I assume to go and see your GP if any of these appear you should have a look If
2: any of them are persistent I think look we'll all go through times maybe get a bit of a virus have the runs have a bit of change but if it's something that's persisting on then it definitely does need to be seen and again like there are 2,800 cases of bowel cancer diagnosed every year in Ireland which is is, you know a substantial number of them and the big concern Roisin mentioned that the delays in cancer diagnostics during COVID and I think it was it was a time that definitely as things started to open up and people started to come back to see us in our GP practice we were finding people who had lots of bowel complaints that they just waited around and sat on because there was nowhere to go or they knew they didn't want to go into a hospital go for a scope or maybe those tests were organised and cancelled and postponed on them so mm-hmm. I think we, we definitely need to do a big catch up now and Reduced on those waiting lists. So, for us in general practice, we'll refer someone for a scope, and depending where you are in the country, people can wait weeks to months to get an urgent scope. So, we've got to standardise that and ensure that people aren't left waiting.
0: Ilona Duffy, Monaghan based GP. Ilona, pleasure as always. Thanks a million for joining us here on the show. Stay with us in a couple of minutes. Time. Joe Gilroy is going to be here to look ahead to the weekend's sporting action. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.